business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Business and People podcast. I am your host, Walt Bayless, and on today's show, we're talking to Trish Jones. Trish is an inspiration. She achieved her MBA while five and a half months pregnant and has gone on to achieve incredible things. During this interview, it's a really emotional one as we talk about getting past your internal turmoil and sometimes coming from a dark place and realizing the future that's in front of you. Trish runs an incredible uh, group of, of people around her. She she is the founder of Inspirational Women and Ditch the Limits podcast and has an important message to share. I really love this episode. We got really in-depth with Trish and she was uh, so generous with her expression and, and what she'd been through helping other people get past their own blocks. Enjoy this episode. Take it with you and share it with someone who may need it. And welcome to the Business and People podcast with your special guest, Trish Jones. Trish Jones, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. It's so fantastic to have you with us, Trish. Reading through your bio and and knowing a little bit about you, we've, we've done our research. We've jumped in. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you're the founder of The Influential Woman, you're also the founder of the Ditch Your Limits podcast, which is uh, gaining momentum even as we speak. You're a speaker, you're an author, and you are a guiding light for female entrepreneurs. Uh, and I just want to, to grab hold of you and say thank you for doing that. How did that all come to pass? Where did you get started from? Right. Okay. Well, um, a little bit of a backstory. Um, we've been married 14 years. I think it was 14 years. And I decided to give up work to look after my baby girl. I was going to go back. I was a flying um, uh, a career woman, right, going places. But when I held my baby in my arms, this selfish notion came over me that said, nobody's looking after my child except me and her daddy, of course. Nice. And, uh, and so at a marriage seminar of all things, I persuaded my husband to allow me to start my coaching practice. <laughs> Great place to do it, right, marriage seminar. And... Um, Anyway, as I started doing it, I was doing leadership development and that really wasn't going places. Uh, I, yeah, just, just leave it at that. It wasn't going places. and It wasn't about my leadership. It was getting myself out there that was a problem. But then uh, something radical happened and um, I just felt that I had to tell my husband about the abuse that I enjoyed when I was a child, a teenager, and I'd never told him before. I'd never told anybody. I'd held the secret for over 20 years. Yeah. And um, I tried to avoid it. And um, anyway, cut the long story short, I ended up having to tell him one day. And uh, I then told my coach, um, who lives in California, and I remember kind of almost blubbering, <laughs> you know, this is what happened. And uh, she said to me, Trish, what do you want it to look like? And let me tell you, well, I felt like somebody slapped me in my face. It's like, how can you be so cold, woman? You know, this is what I've yeah. just told you. But she herself had been abused as well. And so um, we had similar stories, in fact, um, because uh, one of the bits I missed out, I was raised with my grandparents. And um, one day I came home from school and my grandmother had been brutally murdered in our home. Um, my coach, her mother had been strangled when she was five years old. And uh, anyway, she, she, she basically uh, challenged me and said, what do I want my life to look like? And it was like, whoa. And uh, during the call, she then said to me, I really think you ought to tell this story. And I said, listen, 
I said, I've kept the secret for 20 years and now you want me to go air my dirty linen in public. I don't think so. Mm. And uh, she said, no, 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 I think you really should. So then um, I was speaking to one of my pastors one day and I said to her, I said the same thing to her, you know, Christine's crazy. And my pastor looks at me and says, yes, I think you should. I'm like, have you gone crazy as well? (laughs) But you're looking for a sympathetic shoulder and all they're giving you is a launch pad to get started. Exactly. And so I, um, I spoke to my husband one day and my husband just looked at me and he said, Trish, yes. And he said, and let me tell you something. He said, there are men out there suffering with what you have gone through, but it manifests in different ways. It might be that they become abusive to their wives, they're alcoholics, they go into drugs, you know, or they very insular, they just don't come out of themselves. So he said, whilst I accept that you are going to be speaking to women, he said, let me tell you that you will touch the lives of men as well. And basically that was all the uh, permission I needed. Um, and uh, I remember speaking to my dad and telling my dad what had happened and, um, and him saying to me, you know, go and speak to your mum. And uh, so long as you get her permission, because part of the story is that my mum was only 15 when she had me. And then the big shocker was that I discovered later on that the man responsible for murdering my grandmother was my biological father. Wow. And so, you know, um, talk about ditch limits, right? I've had to almost rewire my brain to say who I am, yeah. uh, who yeah. I'm not. Right. And um, using that for other women and they don't have to go through what I've gone through. Yeah. But it's that point where you feel like you're up against a brick wall and you don't know how to get out. And it's like, you know, when you're afraid of a dog and you back into the corner and you know that you can get the dog to not bite you by not being fearful, but you don't know how to be fearful. And so that's what started it for me. And wow. uh, and also as well, I did not want my daughter to enjoy what I had endured. And so it was, I was going to break this cycle. That is a fantastic story. I, as cold as it felt at the time, that question of what do you want it to look like has completely changed. And, and do you take that forward now when you're coaching, when you're, when you're with someone um, and it may be someone who's successful already that's bringing you on board mm-hmm. as a coach, it may be somebody that's struggling themselves and you're taking them through. Do you have that same uh, recollection of what do you want it to look like echoing in, in your message to people? Absolutely. And I say to people before I even coach them, are you one of these people who like to be challenged or do you want me to ask you 50 million questions in order to get to the answer that you want? Because it's not about my answer. When I ask you a question, it's not about you giving me an answer. It's about you speaking to yourself. And so I say to them, you know, look, I can't be like these therapists and some of these coaching programs who say, ask these 50 million questions, because if I see something that I think is a stumbling block, I will ask about it. Are you okay with that? And I've yet to have somebody say no, you know. um, It'll be a brave person that said no, I think, (laughs) as fearful as they would be at that time. (laughs) Uh, Well, put it this way, I would say to them, I just don't know how useful I can be to you. And uh, just a a, a quick um, story, two people that I know um, came to me because they had problems. Both of them were relationship problems. One of them was going through divorce and the other one had gone through a uh, really bad um, uh, breakup. And um, they then went to somebody else who is a therapist because they felt they ought to go to a professional, sure. uh, even though I was a professional at the time. And one of them was paying me, the other one I was kind of doing it gratis. And after the call, both of them rang me at different times and they're crying on the phone 
I cannot believe what has just happened. I've sat down, I've spoken to this person. They're just like, yeah, mm, yeah. And one of them even said, are you not going to say something? Oh, I can't. I can only ask you questions. And I said, that is why wow. I cannot be a... This is working for the NHS. I don't know if yes. you know anything yeah. about yeah. the NHS. So you have to abide by their rules. So effectively, it's talk, talk therapy. And some people need talk therapy. Sure. But what most people need is a dose of what I call pattern interrupt. I want you to get out of what you've been thinking, feeling, saying, doing, and do think, say something else. So, Tricia, I think that that skill and ability to take someone out of their original pattern and help Mm -hmm. them to really, uh, I mentioned, uh, be a light and and, and guide them forward, I think that's an incredible skill and something that, again, I'm so grateful that you're taking it through to the world. One of the things that, that I'm really curious about is as you've created your business, you... Uh, you talk a lot about storytelling, being making that story part of their journey and part of their future moving forward. How does that fit into the whole uh, breaking of the cycle thing? Well, first and foremost, right, when you have endured abuse or trauma, tragedy or whatever, it is so easy to lose your voice, right? Because you live in that moment of what happened to you and then all of the other things that have happened since. And and what we don't realize is that we have actually literally thought and talked and done our own future. So we've created a future that we don't want. And to break that pattern, we literally have to change our narrative. Right. Okay. So we've got to change what we say. We've got to change what we do. And uh, sorry, remind me, what was the question? Sorry, I've got... No, I'm, I'm curious as to how, how your message about uh, incorporating this story becomes their guiding path forward to, to boost their career. Right. right. OK. So. So, yes, with regards to storytelling, it is the stories that they tell themselves. So like I said, yeah. I have to get them to change their narrative. And so they can say, this is my story. And just like my coach, what do you want your life to look like? She was effectively saying, Trish, you have the power to rewrite your story. story. And so I say to people, it is nigh on impossible, coming back to the voice, it is nigh on impossible. It's not impossible, but it's, it's almost impossible to share your story and be inauthentic. And so I help them write their story. So even if they're not going to build their business um, around it, even if they're not going to share it with the world, it is for them to say, this is what happened, but this is how I'm going to move forward. Um, in fact, my, my husband and I were having a laugh yesterday because when I was younger, I never used to read books, believe it or not. Um, my mum started laughing at me when I did my MBA and said, oh, you just got your head in books all the time. And I'm like, mum, when I was growing up, I never read books like you. You know, I just wasn't interested. And the first story I ever read from cover to cover as a teen was a book called Please Make Me Cry. And it was about a lady who was a drug addict and prostitute and everything. And then she became a Christian and she then tells the story of what happened after. And my husband and I were laughing because we were saying, you know, all of those books, they were really good until they became Christians. (laughs) 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 And and, and and it's not to be demeaning, but what we were saying was that was in what went on before yeah sure but the, but then she tells a story and I and I rehearsed one part of it which I won't go over here but I said to him 
that was the thing that I remembered the most about that book. Whilst all the bits when she was taking drugs and, um, you know, prostituting and everything else, you know, we loved the, the adrenaline rush of that story. But I said there was one thing that she talked about that was so profound. And I said, believe it or not, whilst we say that those parts of the story were boring, it was the part of the story that is still in my heart. And that is what I want other people to do because it can be, you, you know, I could see your face right when I'm telling your story and I've done it before where I have told my story and people are in the audience crying and I would tell them I can lift you out of that and I can get them to cry with me and I can get them to laugh with me and I bring them out. And, um, but what I want them to remember is not what happened to me it is what is going on in my life right now because I'm saying to you that wherever you are, wherever you are and wherever I was, it doesn't need to stay that way. So right. that's where I bring the, the storytelling into it to get them to tell the story but also build a bridge to get to the other side. I love it. I think the, um, the I, I've done a blog post myself on it's the stories that we tell ourselves, but thinking mm-hmm. about, thinking about that, like when, when you're talking about someone who's coming to you uh, in a, in a particular position, let's say, and again, mm-hmm. I, I keep coming back to that. Maybe they're in trouble, but you, I'm sure you've had experience where people are just literally coming to you. They're already succeeding and they just want to go further. So wherever they find themselves, Absolutely. I think it's fascinating to look at that and say, you're the author of the next chapter because Correct me if I'm wrong, Trish, and I want to hear it from you, but people come and they say, I am, as in, I am someone who has been abused. I am um, someone who is at this position. I am. And that's a, that's a present tense. And as you said, that is completely uh, n- not talking about ditching the limits. That's literally putting the, the walls up around and saying, this is all I am right now. Um, is, that a, is that a reality, like in, in terms of these conversations you're having with people? Are you taking them from that and saying, get above the wall and look beyond? Is that, is that the thing? Absolutely. I talk about blowing up the image on the inside of you so that what you manifest is on the outside of you. And um, uh, being a Christian, right, I absolutely believe that we're made in the image of God. You don't hear God saying, I am sick. I am broke. Right. I am destitute. And we've got to say the truth of what is, because the one thing that I have to explain to people, Walt, is that you have to differentiate, that you have to look at the difference between fact and truth. The fact is you were abused. The truth is you are this awesome person created for a purpose. And no matter what happened to you in your past, boy, I tell you, I know I'm speaking to somebody right now because it's really touching me. No matter what happened to you in your past, your purpose was never tainted. Your purpose remained intact and the same. And so you've got to get on that path of colliding with your purpose because we can use every situation, everything that has happened to us, we can use it to um, infect, influence, affect somebody else. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. I, I absolutely love that message, Trish. And I, I hope for everybody that's listening on this one as a podcast, they can recognize that they are more than than today and the, the truth of the future, etc. I absolutely love it. Trish, when you were you were pregnant, you were five and a half months pregnant when you graduated with your MBA. And as you, you said, your mom was telling you, hey, you've got your nose in the books uh, all this time. And I absolutely love the dedication. If you could go back now to uh-huh. that young woman who's putting on the cap, you know, the, the board 
as a graduating MBA student, if you could go back to that day, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to that young Patricia back then? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Right. Well, I think the first thing that I would give, the first advice that I would give is that you are not your MBA. Okay. Now I learned that early on, thank goodness. And uh, my pastor and I used to even have arguments over this because she'd say, no, you need to put your MBA on everything that you write. And I'm like, do you know what? People don't really care about the MBA. What they care about is what I can give them, right? And I could have all the accolades. And she had a doctorate, right? She used to say to me, uh, uh, you've got to go and take your doctorate if you want to be my friend. And I'm like, if you want to stay my friend, you need to drop the doctorate, right? Nice. I'm happy with Patricia Jones. I don't need to be Dr. Patricia Jones, you know? Um, so if I could give myself the advice, if I could go back then and give myself some advice, First of all, I would say take some time out because sometimes we want to rush into everything. And, and of course, it was cap and gown. Then we went on holiday. Then it was come back, have baby. And, you know, life is all go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we need to take some time and reflect. And then if I knew what I knew back then, I'm telling you, well, there were times when I went to bed at night and I was scared. I was scared that my husband was going to find out what had happened and I'd not told him and whether he was going to leave me, etc. I would sit there and I would write, I would write a message in terms of who I am. I would look at all of the attributes that I have and look at how I can help somebody else. And instead of staying in that, in that uh, uh, ditch, really staying in that ditch of, you know, this happened to you, so you're not good enough. I literally would have changed the narrative that was going on in my mind much, much sooner. And, uh, and hey, the other thing I would have done is listen to other people because I had some great, I was fortunate to have some great people around me, not just the students who um, I studied with for the MBA, my husband, who was always um, my cheerleader, my parents, who always saw the best in me. You know, everybody always says, oh, you talk so much, but but it was the inspirer that people used to say, wow, you know, you're so inspirational. Nice. I would listen. I would have listened to those people more than I did the negative thoughts that was going in my mind or the negative things that some people had said to me in the past. And that, Walt, is just a starting point, I think, for anybody who wants to have a conversation with their younger self. I think that's an important message. And, you know, typically, Trish, when, when we're doing our interviews, I have, I have a, a, I guess, a tradition as early into the podcast as we are of doing what we call a 60-second challenge. And typically in my 60-second challenge, I'm asking our guest to give some business, business advice to a friend. But if you don't mind, I would like to change our 60-second challenge today because of your history and your uh, foundation with the, the influential woman. I, I would like to change my 60-second challenge. So with your permission, if, mm -hmm. if you are able in 60 seconds to speak to someone who at the moment has that uh, history and, and that dark secret that they're scared will make people who love them think less of them inside mm. and it's keeping them up at night and it's destroying their self-image and their, mm -hmm. their future. If you had 60 seconds to give a message to that person, what message would that be? Wow, I would say three words to start off with. Flip the script, right? It's, um, I, I had a client who um, taught me about scripting. You know, we do affirmations 
And she said, you know, look, affirmations don't work. And in 55 days, if I told you what this person manifested, but I can't in 60 seconds. But she wrote a script where instead of saying, um, you know, everything is future tense, she wrote it as if it were now. I am this. Today is a fantastic day because what I have done is X, Y, Z. And you know how an actor assumes the role that he is playing? This is what we have to do in our lives. And so you might feel like an imposter when you first do that. Don't worry about the imposter syndrome. You've got to take that script that you've been relaying in your mind and that's been bringing you down and you've got to put light on it. And the only way you put light on it is by putting positive words over it, is by saying what you want and what you want your life to look like. So honestly, it's flipping the script and creating a new narrative. I talk a lot to people about waking up. And, and, you know, uh, it struck me one day, Trish, driving down the motorway. And, and I'm fortunate in my position where, you know, we've been able to create something that, uh, that I'm not in that daily traffic. But I was driving down the motorway one day and I, and I happened to glance over and see all of these people in the, on the other side of the motorway in that, in that zombie mode. Do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah, they, yeah. they may be going home and they have no idea how they got from the office to the house. They just hope they That's didn't right. run a red light along the way. You know? <laughs> I heard somebody say, you, have you ever gone through a red light? And you think to yourself, yeah. oh my goodness, was that, was that light red or green? And you look yeah, in the yeah. rear vision mirror to see and the person who you, who's behind you also comes through and you think, oh, thank goodness, it was green. But you don't realise that the person behind you is thinking, my goodness, was that light red or green? <laughs> Like that whole zombie thing. And I talk to people about waking up and realizing that they're in charge of their own life. And I just wanted to bring it back to what you were just saying there, being able to flip the script. Because if we, and taking that as, a, as an actor, I think was a really powerful point. Because mm-hmm. if we're able to flip the script, if we're able to, to rewrite the lines yeah. and become the director of our mm-hmm. life, Mm-hmm. rather than the audience member viewing it. Yeah. I think from a, from a personal perspective, we, we, you and I right here on this podcast, we can mm-hmm. ask people to enjoy the fact that they can direct their own screenplay. They can Absolutely. write their own lines. And I love that. Do you encourage the repetition uh, in the same way so that, it, so that they can assume that character? Is that something that you would recommend as a helpful step? Do you know what? It's whatever works, right? But um, the way that um, my cl- my client had done it was she wrote it almost like a like a narrative. There was a few paragraphs, and and uh, when she was going through the stuff she was going through, she'd said that she'd say she'd read it out three or four times a day. So it's not something that you have to memorize. You literally um, you you literally write it as a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs as if you're there and you can pick that script out and read it three times a day. But the other thing is in terms of repetition, if for example, you are um, going through a situation and you, you know, when you kind of see something and you, you, you go back into that story, that story that you don't want, you can certainly absolutely have a saying that you use to get you back out of it. In fact, they teach you this, right? Just before you have your baby, you know, how you can have your baby. And they give you all these, um, all these different uh, um, options that you can have to ease the pain. And one of them is that you can see, you know, what the Caribbean looks like or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, sure. Term that you use that's going to help you know the pain. I absolutely agree with that because even if we have a script that we say three, four times a day, 
It's all the rest of the day when something happens or you see something or you read something and you can easily go back into that yesterday's story. And so you just have a, a phrase even just to bring you out of that. I'll give people a, a suggestion. If, if you listen to this on a podcast and you're stuck in traffic and you're thinking to yourself, you know, how am I going to do this? Think about it in terms of the director's chair and the audience's chair, all right? Sometimes, and I've said to people before, if you find yourself as the audience member mm-hmm. looking at your life and playing it out the way that you don't want it to play, stand up physically and turn around and put yourself in a director's chair and change the script. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this in the car, like just picture yourself standing up out of the audience, moving across and sitting in the director's chair and mm-hmm. talking to the actor saying, right, now let's get it on. Let's move Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Trisha, I'm, I'm loving talking to you. Do you know, um, I, I want to take away, uh, not take away, but move from the, the, the counselling role, I guess, of, of helping people through those challenges and into mm-hmm. the entrepreneur space. And I, I can see from your background that you've been able to create something and be that director create something within your your life that is amazing what's a what's a day in the life of trish these days how does your typical day kind of play out <laughs> when the daughter's not here when she's here <laughs> well it's both the same thing right like it's all part of the same day yeah she's on holiday at the moment but uh yeah in terms of um my day playing out i must admit sometimes i go to bed far too late and i do not recommend that to any- <laughs> Sometimes uh, it, it's a quiet times, but it is, um, I tend to write a list of what I need to do, like scrappy bit of paper Perfect. that it might be, but I do it before I go to bed. And the reason I do it before I go to bed is I learned when I was doing my exams when I was younger, that the last thing that I read before I went to bed, I would start thinking about it. And I swear it's the only reason I passed my science exam. <laughs> So rubbish at maths and science, right? Uh, just not. And, and I swear that that is how I passed was because I would read those things before I went to bed, right? So I write my list before I go to bed because then it percolates it nice. on my mind. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to have dreams. I'm going to have dreams about those things. Nice. Right? Those, and the solutions when you're sleeping, yeah. yeah. And uh, when I get up, I try. And this is a limit. I've got a ditch. I try not to look at my emails um, when I wake up. Okay. Right, and get on with what I've got to do. For me, it is reading my Bible and praying. And I don't mean, you know, just like, oh, the zombie, you know, got to come and do it. I've got to see myself. For me, I want to see myself the way God sees me. Mm-hmm. God, what have you got for me today? Where are you going? I want to go with you. And, um, and, and, and then sometimes I sit down and I have coffee, right? And I'm just thinking I'm doing nothing. And then when I open my computer and then I can start looking at certain things, but also the one thing that it took me too many years to learn is I have to decide what my day is going to look like before I start my day. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when you're an entrepreneur and especially when you're just starting out, you'll get the telephone calls. Trish, do you want to go to lunch? Trish, yeah, do you of want course. To and you've got I plenty hate- of time. You work for yourself. You've got all day. Yeah, sure you do. Exactly. <laughs> I hate ironing with a passion. Right. But let me tell you, in the early days, I could see that pile of ironing and I got to go do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. So, Find um, any excuse to get up and out of the desk and, and away. Absolutely, yeah. And, and whilst I've never been uh, um, diagnosed ADHD, I can have 50 million ideas in a day compared to somebody else you know if you look at the um 
uh, I use insights, but I am the socializer in terms of personality types, right? I like to have conversations with people. I like to get up and go. I like to be on the move. And sometimes you've got to glue your backside to this chair and say, you ain't going nowhere until you have done X, Y, Z. And so if you already have that in your mind as to what you need to accomplish today, don't beat yourself up if you don't accomplish it but you've got to have the idea that this is what I'm working on. And so other than that, my days can be quite flexible because as I said, I have a child here. Um, Unfortunately, as I said to you earlier, my husband suffers with tinnitus, but he's also had chronic fatigue. So he has not worked for, I believe it's 15 or 16 years now. Mm. So uh, he does do some stuff for me in the background, et cetera. But um, yeah, so it's kind of getting up and looking after them and doing certain things. If my husband heard that, you he would shout, you don't look after me, I look after myself. <laughs> and, uh, and don't let him hear you, hear, him, hear you say that he doesn't work. So yeah, that's he'd, right, yeah. He'd have, but, a, he'd have yeah, a conversation so, about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I allow some flexibility. Uh, when I was at college, right, we did this thing. Now, what was it called? It was, um, oh, I can't remember the term now, but basically it meant that there were some things that just didn't move. And there were other things that you had to be flexible about. And that is what I do. There are some things that don't bother me because I've got to get this done. And then there are other things I've got to leave a certain percentage of my day to be flexible. Yeah. So that's, that's how I pan out my day. And then when it comes to evening, I wish I had a time that I could say, yes, I stop at X, Y, Z. Uh, I don't. Okay. I, I, um, this is where I'm going to say, do as I say and not as I do. Yeah, it's, hard, <laughs> I, it's hard to live there, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's healthy to have a time when you shut down mm. and uh, and don't let the last thing, oh my gosh, th- this is just so powerful. Don't let the last thing you do at night be anything to do with business. Pick up a book. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm reading at the moment, Hello Tomorrow. Pick up a book and read a page even of it and meditate on that as well as your list before you yeah. go to bed because otherwise all the woes of tomorrow just catch up with you and you can't sleep. And yeah, so that's, yeah. that's how my day. That's, it out. sounds like a busy schedule. Trish, you know, um, so the most of our audience I would imagine are, are in that kind of entrepreneur or, or even that entrepreneur space where they're, they're looking to get out of, of uh, what they're doing. But for a moment, can we just have a, a quick conversation about women in the, in the corporate space, I guess, who are working, uh, working a job? And the argument that comes through, uh, and I saw it written the other day so powerfully, a woman should never have to choose whether she wants to be a mother or a career woman. Yeah. How do you feel about about that dilemma that exists for women today? (laughs) Very strongly. (laughs) In fact, I've written articles about it. And for me, I'm... I'm a strong character in so far as I don't care what you think about me. It really doesn't matter. I've gone through that now. I've gone past that. But even when I was in corporate, I didn't leave because I was worried about what the men were going to say about me because I would just remind them that their mother had to bring them into this world. And without their mother, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing now. This corporation wouldn't exist. So as far as I'm concerned, uh, one of the things I talk about is being doing your business um uh speaking to um speaking into the lives of other people without losing your femininity without 
being without thinking that, oh, I can't be that wife. I can't be that mother. I can't be, I can't be that woman. I have to be like a man because look, there are attributes that men have that I don't have. I asked my husband to pick something up the other day and he looked at me as if really you can't lift it up yourself. And I went, you're a man, you're stronger than me. And he said, oh, you acknowledge that, do you? And I said, look, there are certain things that I just acknowledge that, you know, men can do that I can't. But there are certain things that I can do that a man can't do. Men cannot have babies. (laughs) And I feel a proud, privileged individual that I was able to bring a child into this world, a human being into this world. So I would say to women in the corporate world, absolutely be you be you because even the men who may be around you telling you oh you know you're you can't do this or making you feel that you can't do what they do because you're a woman take the view that you have something unique that a man cannot have and bring the feminine touch into the organization right they need it. I could go on about the organization I worked for. I loved it. I loved it there. But they need that feminine touch. We don't need lots more men. We need men being men and women being women. That is my view. I love it. And I think the, um, uh, there's, there's been a big push, as we know, to uh, give that, that better um, dissection, I guess, to, to board members and that kind of stuff to try and bring that equality through. And uh, I was talking to my daughter the other day. So as a father to, to two young girls, I, I'm conscious of that uh, I still battle, I guess, out there in the workforce. And mm-hmm. we, were, we were talking uh, the other day and my eldest daughter, she said to me uh, about um, the President of the United States, And she said to me, I think a woman should be president of the United States. And I said to her, that's an interesting thought. Why? And she said, well, because they do a better job. And she's 11. So that's a a, a great thing for her to think of. And I said to her, now, Trish, uh, let me clarify before the sparks fly from your eyes. I said to her, I disagree. And she said, what? What? What do you mean you disagree? And I said to her, I think the best person should be in the role. Absolutely. Regardless, take away the need for a particular balance of board members and and et cetera. Put the best person in the role Mm -hmm. and let let nature speak for itself. I think, well, that's that's my my personal. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, listen, as everyone can see, I'm black, right? (laughs) And I'm I'm proud of who I am. And um, I was only saying to somebody the other day, do you remember back in the... uh, early 90s when there was a big massive push in this country for equality and it was you know you've got to have so many black or Asians in your group and I basically I was having a conversation with my neighbors who were white and he was saying oh you know because I was going for a job oh you know you ought to use your color as your stepping stone I said hey I said brother look I said when I go for a job you've got to give me that job because I'm as good as or better than the other people that you have um, interviewed don't give me a job because of the colour of my skin. Don't you to love me, it? Do you, have, do you have the voice over in the UK? The voice, the, the talent show, the stage? Yes, the, yes, yeah. yes, we do. Don't yes, you love yes. the blind auditions when they're, they're honestly sitting there? The, the people who know what they're doing in the music industry are sitting there hearing the quality of the presentation regardless of what that person looks like or presents or it's a singing competition let it be about the singing and you know if if we all had that opportunity to have the blind audition I think it'd be a much fairer place that's for sure Trish absolutely 
I think um, I'm so grateful for for your time. And we mentioned your uh, your message to to that gowned and boarded uh, graduate student all those years ago, mm-hmm. being able to uh, to recognize those words of wisdom. What would you say if you had an opportunity to speak to a room full of graduate students today, male, female, across all all nations? You've got a room full of those hopeful students just mm-hmm. about to come into what we call the real world. And they're about to embark on this journey that we've had a little bit of experience with you and I. What mm-hmm. message would you want to give to that room full of students? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, university grads. I think when people graduate, and I think I was the same, although I got out <laughs> not long after I graduated, right? but uh, I think university grads, they have had their dreams. They have gone to university because they want this qualification that's going to get them a better job. I would say to them that every step of the way, use it as a stepping stone. So you may not get that job at PricewaterhouseCooper or whatever they're called. You might not get that job there. You might not get the job that you absolutely want, but that doesn't mean that you give up hope on your dream. What you do is, even if it means that you stack shelves in Tesco's or Costco's or whatever it might be, all the time you're thinking of, what I want my life to look like and you use you use everything every everything as an opportunity and as a learning don't ever get stuck in your story because where you are today is only a chapter Mm. it is not the whole book love it I love it and what's what's next for you Trish what's where will we see your uh, your horizon as we look forward right okay well uh, something interesting happened you said earlier you said about people waking up and uh, uh, I have two programs that I semi-wrote some time ago. One of them is called Wake Up Your Voice and the other one is Wake Up Potential. Fantastic. And interestingly, the more I've been speaking to people lately, and even I noticed this over the years with coaching, that, and I've, and I've said this um, on a number of occasions, that I don't see the biggest stumbling block with people moving forward as entrepreneurs as being the tools or the doing it is the limitations that they put on themselves. And so I started focusing more on waking up potential now because uh, I'm, I'm seeing that um, if I give you the tool and I teach you to use the tool, you might say, oh, I've got a little bit of a tech block, but there's always help that can be had. But it's what you believe about yourself that you are able to do that is causing a stumbling block. And so that's where I'm focusing a lot of what I am doing now, because I I believe that entrepreneurship is different than being in business, just being a small business. Right. Um, Brendan Burchard's book, um, I was going to say Secrets of Millionaire Mind, um, the Millionaire Messenger. um, He says in there, don't allow your small business to make you small minded. And I believe that. Entre- the, the the very essence of the term entrepreneur isn't just about building a business and making money. It really is about making a difference. And so if we're going to make that difference, we've got to start with building and growing us first. Being bigger ourselves so that we can be bigger in the community and in, in the message Absolutely. that we deliver. Absolutely. I love it. I love it, Trish. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to go back in the recording and make a note of that book myself. So we'll make sure we put it in the show notes for people there as well. Trish, I've got, I've got two more questions for you, if it's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and as we wrap up, you've mentioned uh, a couple of books during, during our, our talk. Has there mm-hmm. been any specific books uh, or media podcasts or, you know, interactions with people that you feel have made a big difference in your life? 
Well, first of all, um, Brendan Burchard's book, um, uh, I keep forgetting what it's called now, um, The Millionaire Messenger, Mm-hmm. That has had a profound, profound, profound impact on my life, big time. Um, because even though I was telling my story, Brendan actually really made me see that I can use my story to build a business. And it wasn't just about the story. It was about the message, right? So you extract the message from the story. So that was a big thing for me. And she saw the state of my book and all the the notes in there and the uh, the, uh, the uh, post-its, right? You would know that that book has had a major impact on me. The other um, uh, seminar book that has had an impact on me is um, T. Harbecker, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Yep. And uh, I went to the Millionaire Mind Intensive. This was back in 2005, I believe. And I also have the book. And one of the things in there, you know, people would look at it and say, oh, you know, I'm never going to make it to millionaire status. But it's what people do to become millionaires as opposed to being the millionaire that is the really important thing. And there's one thing he says in there that I just think, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, we like to moan when things are not going wrong. He says, you know, give yourself 30 days of just not complaining about anything. It is tough as anything, but it really keeps you focused. And so, yes, that book and the the seminar itself had a major impact on me. Um, and, you know, I could talk about in the Christian circles, but uh, let me just keep it to, um, you know, those um, uh, those two books. Uh, Fantastic. That, yeah. Fantastic. Been. Thank you so much, Trish. And I mentioned I had two questions. So uh, people can keep in touch with you at TrishJones.com, obviously. They can follow mm-hmm. you at Trish Jones on Twitter. What's the best way for people to do that? How would you say come and listen to what I've got to say. You, you are, you're a well-known speaker. You have a, a great amount of, of information going out. But what's the best way people can keep in touch with you? Um, they can either go to my website, but now I would say just keep up with Digital Limits. Go on to YouTube and uh, look for Trish Jones TV. Uh, you'll, you'll find me there, Trish Jones TV. And uh, um, subscribe to the podcast, to the, to the video podcast. I will be putting out videos every week, every week. Also, The Influential Woman, if they go to iTunes, they'll find me there. And, um, yeah, then they can get consistent messages from me and people can put their requests in as to what they want me to talk about. So Fantastic. Fantastic. And, Trish, I know that uh, we spoke before we hit the record button about that image, that well-known image of the goldfish bowl jumping from one bowl to the next. And I love the thought that the ditch your limits is the goldfish jumping from the bowl into the ocean. And let's really see how far we can take it. Trish Jones, thank you so much for joining me. You are an inspiration. You're a fantastic ambassador for freedom, for, uh, for women, for entrepreneurs. And I absolutely love your message. Thank you so much for the time spent. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thank right. you, Walt.